Jesus told the disciples a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, grant me justice against my opponent. For a while he refused, but later he said to himself, Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow is slaughtering me, I will grant her justice, so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The Gospel of the Lord. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. In last Sunday's Gospel reading, ten lepers approached Jesus and begged him to heal them. Jesus heals all of them, and then sends them to the priest so that their healing can be acknowledged and their place in the community restored. Off they go, and yet one of them turns back, praising God and falling at Jesus' feet to thank him. In her sermon last week, Becky imagined ten families, each blessed with a new child. These parents are equally overjoyed, and yet only one family makes their way to the baptismal font to praise and thank God for the gift of a child. This movement toward the font is a movement toward God. Indeed, our whole lives are a movement toward God, if only we would see it. To come to the thought is, in part, a gesture of gratitude in a world in which we take so much for granted. A profound acknowledgement of God in a culture conditioned to deny God. The baptismal font is a locus of belief and a place of promises. Our belief in God and the promises we make to God are expressed in the baptismal covenant. We don't use the word covenant that much these days. In general terms, a covenant is an agreement between two parties. 
But when it comes to God, a covenant is a commitment between God and God's people. In our first reading today, God speaks through the prophet Jeremiah about a new covenant that God intended to make with the people of Israel. The heart of this covenant is an unbreakable bond. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Likewise, in the baptismal covenant, we commit ourselves to God and are assured of God's unfailing commitment to us. In the introduction to the baptism service in the prayer book, we find the heart of the baptismal covenant expressed in these words. The bond which God establishes in baptism is indissoluble. Though we will fail over and over to keep that covenant, God will never break the bond he makes with us in baptism. The baptismal covenant begins with the creed, spoken as questions and answers. The creed expresses what we as Christians believe about God. The word believe can seem to some a barrier rather than a bridge to God. In our day and age, we define belief as understanding something intellectually. If we understand something, if it makes logical sense to us, then we can believe it. But the old, old root of the word believe has nothing to do with getting our minds around something. To believe, at its root, means to give your heart to something. In the creed, we give our hearts to God in gratitude for the many and mysterious ways that God abides with us in creation, in Christ, in the Spirit, in the Church, in the gift of forgiveness, in the life everlasting that has already begun. And from the creed flow the promises we make to God, those five baptismal promises or vows that follow the creed. The promises show us what it means to live the faith we profess. They reveal what a life centered in God's mysterious and abiding presence looks like. They remind us that what we speak about God in our creed, we ought to make real in our lives every day. Belief and action are intertwined at the font. These promises we make to God are expressed as questions and answers, and how the questions are posed and the answers we make disclose more about the God whose commitment to us is unshakable. Two years ago, at the consecration of Alan Gates as our diocesan bishop, Mark Hollingsworth, the Bishop of Ohio, preached a wonderful sermon. 
In his sermon, he said this, The celebrations of the church are always about the new thing God is doing, always about the future, about what is yet to be. Witness the vows we make. In baptism, for instance, the questions and vows are passed in the future tense. Will you proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ? Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons? Will you strive for justice and peace among all people? The questions are, will you? And the response we make is, I will. Thank goodness the questions are not about the past. Thank goodness we are not asked, have you done this, or did you do that? They are not about what we've done and left undone, but about what we will do, and what we are willing to let God do with us. The questions asked at the font are not an evaluation of the past. They are an invitation to the future, in which we make real again and again our belief in a God who abides with us. When I was baptized long ago, my godparents gave me some gifts, and my godmother wrote out a little card to go along with the gifts. I still have those gifts and that card from my godmother. The card is one of those tiny gift cards on which she wrote just a few words, a simple prayer for her godchild. She wrote, May God walk with you every step of the way. My godmother's prayer is echoed in the response we make to each baptismal vow. The response to every vow is, I will, with God's help. We live our vows in companionship with God, who helps us and guides us at every step of our baptismal journey. In our every movement toward God, we are accompanied by God. I don't understand it, but I believe it. Nicholas John Sagona begins his baptismal journey today. His parents and godparents will soon make their way to the font, a gesture of gratitude and a profound acknowledgement of God. Nicholas, Nicholas is ready. Nicholas, we're so glad that your journey begins in this place. We pray that your journey will be long and beautiful, full of joy and wonder. And Nicholas, may God walk with you every step of the way.
Lord, that all who are baptized into the death of Jesus Christ, your Son, may live in the power of his resurrection and look for him to come again in glory, who lives and reigns now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. and the gift of joy and wonder in all your 
light up all of this by the end of October. So at coffee hour or any time you see someone with a green badge, you can go and say, I'd like to talk to you about Trinity. And we promise whatever you tell us will be remain anonymous, but we might ask if your wonderful words could find their way into our parish profile. Sorry it took so long. <laughs>
may, what, please um, buy a gift card and, and donate it and sold at a discount at the fair. A lot of people buy these cards at the fair and they use those for Christmas gifts. It's a quick way to get some of your shopping done. Hello, I'm Sam Bobbitt. We're having accolade training uh, from 11.30 after church today, and we'll be uh, bowling after that. So for all 5th through 12th graders, if you'd like to learn how to accolade or refresh your skills, come on by. And that's here in the sanctuary. Susie, I wish I could take credit for that wonderful announcement. Thank you. Um, I, I'm going to be a little longer today because uh, the last time I looked at the sign-up sheet for the Pi Party and you sing, there was one name there besides mine. Um, and as much as I'm willing to do it for that one person, I'm not sure that one person's willing to sing alone. So if you have any inclination to come to the Pi Party and get savings, now is the time to commit yourself and sign up so we don't have any chairs or tables to set up for the Pi Party. I also want to underscore, you don't need to be a good singer. Just come and have fun. <laughs> you're, a, you're a good singer. <laughs> yeah, just sign up if you're if, if you're thinking of coming. Please let us know. Thank you. A couple of other things. Yesterday um, at the Episcopal Church in Lexington, we had a confirmation, and seven of our young adults were confirmed, meaning that they took their baptismal covenant again of their own accord in the presence of a bishop with the laying on of hands. Uh, it was a beautiful day, and I want you to see who our new adults making an adult affirmation of faith are in this congregation for those who are here. I know not all of you can make it. Um, Keila Hughes. Is Keila here? Joe LaFrette. I know Joe is here because at our first meeting. Libby LaFrette. Half a lady. Hi, Libby Sopro. I know Griffith Quayle couldn't be here. Tina Coleman. And Brooke Benson-Tetelon is not able to be here. She finished acting. But the seven of them that have made an adult affirmation of faith in our community, we have prayer books for them, which I don't have at the moment, but I want us to welcome them into the adult community.
joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of our name.
Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you this day. 